everybody. How are you doing? It's so good to see you. I'm glad you've joined me. Uh, I'm going to start off today with a story. Uh, Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen with his mother when she was making dinner. She asked him to go into the pantry to get her a can of soup. But he didn't want to go in alone. It's dark in there and I'm scared, he said. She asked again, but he persisted. He wouldn't go in because he was so scared <clears throat> of the dark. Finally, she said, it's okay. Jesus will be in there with you. Johnny walked hesitantly to the door and slowly opened it. He peeked inside, saw it was dark, and started to leave all at once. But then an idea came up to him, and he peeked back in the hanter, and he said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me that can of soup? <laughs> Little Johnny was afraid of the dark. He had fear of the dark. You know, fear is a powerful force, one of the strongest forces that there is. The Bible, did you know the Bible has so much to say about fear? Fear is mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. It's also said that um, the <clears throat> fear not or don't be afraid is mentioned 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year. So Jesus, God does not want us to be afraid. There are things that we should, that should be feared and those that things that should not be feared. There's things in the Bible that tells us things in, uh, that we're supposed to fear that the Bible tells us that we're supposed to fear and things that we're not supposed to fear. You know, there's two uh, main kinds of fear mentioned in the Bible. One is a good thing and one is a bad thing. The first one, which is good, is the fear of God. You know, we can understand this when we think about the different names of God. He's the Almighty One. He's the Lord of Heaven's armies. He's the Judge. He's the Creator. He's a jealous God. He's the Most Holy One. You know, the Bible says we're supposed to have a holy, reverential fear of God. And this kind of fear shows that we honor God and who He is. It leads to life, and it helps us to avoid evil. In Proverbs 9.10, in the NIV, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So if we fear God, it's just the very beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 16.6 says, Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, man avoids evil. In Proverbs 19.23, it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one, then one rests content, untouchable by trouble. So we can see that the fear of the Lord can um, is the beginning of wisdom. It helps us avoid evil, and it leads to life. So, you know, many people say that in the New Covenant, we should never fear God. But did you know Scripture teaches us differently? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, Matthew 10, 28, it says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Ooh, that's a scary scripture. We're supposed to be afraid of the one, which is God, who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. This scripture is talking about the Lord. It's talking about God, that we should be afraid of him. Because he is the judge and he will judge. This type of fear, if heeded, will cause people to repent and call, call upon Jesus for salvation. And that's one of the most important fears that there is, is the fear of the Lord. 
Um, it's also written to Christians in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, in the NLT, it says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. We're supposed to fear God. This type of fear, this type of fearing God, helps us to live holy. And that's really important to live a holy life before the Lord. Did you know that this type of fear, this fear in God, also brings reward on the judgment day? In Revelation 11, uh, 18, in the New Living Translation, it says, The nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people, and all who fear your name from the least to the greatest. So when we fear the name of the Lord on Judgment Day, we'll be rewarded. Isn't that awesome? So we talked about the fear of the Lord. And then the other main kind of fear is basically an earthly fear. Um, sometimes fear can alert us to danger. And with wisdom and faith in God, we can, help, we can be helped to avoid um, the danger that's ahead of us. Think about if we see a tornado on the horizon or we get a tornado warning that it's coming straight toward us, we should have a healthy fear or recognition of that threat and the threat it poses and get in the basement and pray. You know, if we eat ice cream and pizza every day, which would taste really good, we should be afraid of a whole host of physical problems and ailments that we're headed toward. And that rational fear should help us to eat healthy and exercise. You know, if it's summertime and you're at the Grand Canyon and it's 110 degrees out, which I think it's been lately, our fear of dying of a heat stroke if we go down into the canyon, which is very dangerous anyway uh, because of people get heat stroke, should make us not make that descent, even though we might want to. So... Fear can accomplish good things in our life if we listen to reasonable, rational fears and uh, avoid danger. As I said, there are instances where rational fear of a dangerous situation can cause us to trust God and use wisdom to avoid problems. You know, we need, like we just saw in Hawaii, we need to know enough to flee wildfires. In World War II, many people could have saved their lives if they would have heeded the warnings to flee their countries before Germany took over. And many people said, oh, that will never happen here, that will never happen here, and they didn't use wisdom to flee. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> some people have taught that any time you have fear, it's because you have a lack of faith. I hope that you can see that fearing God can be a faith-filled, is a faith-filled action, and that recognizing danger and making wise decisions to avoid that danger also requires faith and trust in God. But then there is that earthly fear that can control us and become a powerful driving spiritual and emotional force. It can choke people, it can paralyze people, it can cause people to make bad decisions, and we don't want to have that kind of fear. There's even a spirit of fear that can overcome people. 
<coughs> excuse me, and we don't want to have that. You know, it can be difficult in some situations to determine if fear is present to warn you or to control you. You know, people can be afraid of anything and everything. They can be afraid of snakes and spiders. They can be afraid of birds, public speaking. They can be afraid of other people. Uh, like Johnny, you can be afraid of the dark. You can be afraid of storms, of germs, of death, of failure, fear of the unknown. And those kind of fears are not good things. In 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Let me read it in the Amplified. I have that memorized, so it just kind of came out. In the Amplified, it says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven, craven and cringing and fawning fear. But God, he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So can you see the difference here? God doesn't want us cowering around in fear, cringing in fear, being controlled by fear. He's given a spirit of power, us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. You know, in the Bible, Bible stories, many people feared very various things. And sometimes God or an angel sent from the Lord would appear and say, fear not. God doesn't want us to live in fear and be afraid. You know, Paul had to feel uh, deal with fear on occasion. Uh, one time he was on a voyage, he was a prisoner, and he was on a ship going to Rome, and the ship was facing shipwreck because of storms. In Acts 27, 23, Acts 27, it says, he says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. God doesn't want us to be consumed by fear, this earthly fear that's that's not for our own good. So today I'm going to talk about something a little bit different in regards to fear. It deals with not allowing other people to control you with fear. Did you know that propagating fear is used to manipulate and control people? Unscrupulous and unethical people have tried to make people afraid for centuries. If you can make people afraid, you can have great power over them and you can make them do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. For ages, fear has been effectively used to manipulate people, gain control, get votes, get followers, and sell product. Did you know, I, I guess you probably know this for sure, Politicians use this. Dictators and autocrats use this to get and maintain power. The media and social media influence, influencers have used it to get more followers. Cult leaders use it. Abusive spouses and abusive parents use it. Criminals use fear. Religious leaders have used it, often using the words, God told me. Business people use it use fear to sell everything under the sun, including health food products, supplements, different kinds of insurance, all kinds of different things. I'm quoting this from a blog on marketing. It says, I'm talking about using fear and blame to drive sales. Fear-based marketing has been around since the days of snake oil, and likely even before that, 
Instead of using positive statements to make customers feel like they're going to fill a need with their purchase, the fear statements motivate, they, oh, sorry, motivate by making the customers feel like they're missing something. See that fear? And then there are the ever popular, only five seats left, or buy now or the price will double, or and you'll never get it this cheap again. We've all heard that. That's all using fear and marketing to try to get you to buy something. Uh, one example of this is there's a Christian minister who frequently, frequently warns people of impending disasters, earthquakes, tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, uh, uh, the collapse of the nation, financial disaster. But in doing that, he also sells uh, all kinds of supplies to help you with that disaster. Water, water purification, survival food buckets, generators, and on and on and on. He's make a ton of, has made a ton of money off of marketing fear. Um, we know a man who would consider himself a great man of faith. He listens to and can quote faith teachers, he attends church regularly, he studies the Bible, but this same man will send us emails just warning us of these fearful things that there's toxins in our food, there's dangers in vaccines, there's government conspiracies. So he's a great man of faith in, in his eyes and many people's eyes, but he's spreading and propagating fear. A man at our church many, many, many years ago had a self-defense class and a bunch of people, because of that, went out to get guns and spending a lot of money, and you know, because you might need it to defend yourself. But I don't think one person in that class who bought a gun has ever needed to use it. But by fear, but because of fear, they potentially were coerced into or, or, or uh, encouraged to buy it. You know, people seem to gravitate toward or be attracted to fearful things. Um, I don't really know why it is, but these are some of the things that I've heard over and over again. And these are things that have been, uh, a lot of these things have been used over the centuries. These are not, not new things. They've been used over and over again to try to make you afraid. The country is going down the tubes. You know, this kind of statement has been used in many countries for many years to get people to distrust the government. The government is going after you. The IRS is going after you. The deep state is watching you. They're going to take your guns. They're taking away your civil rights. They're brainwashing your kids. The immigrants are taking over. The news is lying to you. If you say something we disagree with, we'll not like you anymore. And you know what? Christians can get sucked into this. While there may be a hint of truth in some of these things, these statements are made to put fear in you and to control you. They're not just things that are going on today. They happen again and again and again over the centuries. People become fearful and they become very angry because they feel like, feel like they're being violated. And you know what? They need someone to help them get out of all these perceived injustices. And it makes them right. Ripe. A lot of countries ripe for an unethical leader to take over. You know, at Summit Church during COVID, if we would have preached and taught fear, we would have had really, really big crowds. Not fear of COVID, 
but fear of the government. Things that many ministers did is the government is using this to shut down churches. The vaccine will kill you. The vaccine contains microchip trackers. The Chinese did this on purpose to destroy America. Big Pharma released the virus so they could take make big money on the vaccine. No one is dying of COVID. It's all fake to control you. Don't wear a mask. The government is trying to deprive you of your identity. And the worst fear that we could have propagated and one of the most effective is if you follow any simple precautions, you are not walking in faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if we would have done that at Summit Church, there probably would have been people packed in wall to wall because that type of fear attracts people. You know, a lot of people who are well, well known for preaching faith kind of turned a corner and started preaching fear um, over the last several years. And just um, think about it sometimes. You know, am I hearing a lot of faith? Am I hearing the word of God or am I hearing fear? Fear, fear, and fear and propaganda. Now, like I said, some of these things might have a tiny bit of truth in them, but preaching fear makes people fearful. And people can get sucked into a vortex of fear where they can't see reality anymore. Fearful people are easy to control. It has been done over and over and over again in history. So, like I said, what I'm trying to do is encourage you not to be affected by this, not to be sucked in by the preaching and the, and the constant drumbeat of fear that we hear from some people. In church congregations, especially in small ones, fear of displeasing God can be used to influence people to come to certain meetings, give in certain offerings, volunteer in certain ways. Some religious leaders are very talented at this, so be aware of this and be careful. Be very aware of uh, schemes that, that ministers might do on, on, on online, on the internet, on uh, TV, that if you give in this offering, your loved one will be saved, and it kind of gives you the impression if you don't give in this offering, they won't, or if you give in this offering, your prayers will be answered, those type of things that they're giving you they're injecting fear into you that if you don't do something right now, that that thing won't happen. So just be very careful. You know, I could, I could cite examples for hours of this being used in this day today in which we live and throughout history. But I want you to be mindful about this because I care about you. Don't be sucked in by the fears of this day. We have a mighty God, a wonderful God, and we have mighty, mighty promises, and we need to uh, stick with the word of God and, and live in hope and live in faith in God and in peace, peace in our hearts. You know, I had an English class um, in college, and what the, the instructor decided to spend the whole semester on advertising. <laughs> I guess the English, you know, English language and advertising, but I... Unexpectedly, I learned so much about how different techniques are used to sell things. We'd look at ads or television commercials, and he'd point out, see how they did this, see how they did that. They do that on purpose to, you know, convince you to buy something. That experience helped me to see when people are trying to control what you believe and trying to control a person. You know, 
they can use these techniques to, to control a person, a church, a cult, an audience, a family, or a nation with fear. So I hope this has helped you some to maybe see a little clearly and not be afraid when people are harping and preaching and, and talking about fear and saying, God told me this and it's making you afraid. That's just not what God wants. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I found this, it's kind of a statement of faith, but I, I thought this was really good to read as the conclusion. It says, I am inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land, faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is grasping for breath. These are not my native air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe freely. These are my native air. At Johns Hopkins University, Dr. Says, a John Hopkins University doctor says, we do not know why it is that warriors die sooner than the non-warriors, but that is a fact. But I, who am simple of mind, think I know. We are inwardly constructed in nerve and tissue, brain cell and soul, for faith and not fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. And that was written by Dr. Stanley Jones. So I want to encourage you to put your faith in God. Think about, about good things that are honorable and pure and holy and, and positive. Um, I think that that is what, what would bring honor to God. Fear God, but don't fear all these other things that are always pushed on you. And in fearing God, as I said earlier, the most important thing is that we fear God in a way that would cause us to come to him, repent of our sins, and call upon Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, I just encourage you to do that today. Call upon him, and he wants to make you his child. He wants to make you holy and pure before him. So I encourage you to do that today. And if you enjoy any of our sermons, we just encourage you to like them and share them. It, um, it, we want to bless you, but we just ask you to bless us with a little encouragement to just like our sermons or, or let us know what you think and how, how they've been helping you. So uh, we'll see you on Sunday morning with Pastor Terry. We're going to be sharing more about marriage, successful marriages from A to Z, and we're, doing, uh, we're having a great deal of fun. We really enjoy sharing uh, about ourselves and about how to have a good marriage. So we'll see you on Sunday. Bye-bye.